We have got a different kind of service today. We haven't done a service like this uh, in several years. Uh, I will tell you that on September 12th, we're starting a new series that uh, we're entitled The Stories We Tell Ourselves. I'm really excited about it. been working on it for months, and I think it's going to get really practical uh, with some of the scripture in our lives. I uh, can't wait to go there. But I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about this service, too, for a while, and uh, by the way, my name is Blair. I'm one of the pastors around here. And just a little background, I grew up in church. I don't know if that's your story too. Uh, maybe many of you have that story. Some of you might have come to Jesus later in life and you've been in church now for a few decades or so. Maybe some of you, it's just the last few years and church is new to you. But when I say I grew up in church, this was long enough ago that this is what this means. Church happened on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday evening, and we went to every time that church door opened. That was just the way it was. Um, and I can remember as a young man that that did not appeal to me very much. It didn't appeal to me because they didn't do stuff that piqued my interest very much at all. And what I found even more strange was that inside the church, they talked in a language that I never heard anybody else speak outside of the church. Nobody talked that way. They didn't use those words. It was all, it was all kind of um, odd to me. And so um, I found myself having a, a real lack of interest in what was going on. Now, at the same time that was happening, I was also being raised at a Christian youth camp. This is a, a camp that was in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. And uh, it was, uh, I don't know if, if you understand what that means, but if you're raised at a Christian youth camp... If you're keeping score, and I was, so I'll help you keep score, that means that you went to a church service on Sunday morning for two to three hours, and then Sunday evening through Friday evening, you went to another church service that whole time. Now, this was a little bit better for me, because they were actually trying to speak to people our age, and so I was getting a lot of information. I was actually growing a lot. I was um, processing a lot of stuff, and I was getting... Again, a lot of information over a period of time. But every fall would roll around, and we would go back to church, and I would feel a loss of interest set in again. It just, it just didn't uh, do it for me. I just was going through the motions of going to church and doing what you're supposed to do. The summer um, that I was entering my senior year was a rough year. I, I won't give you all the details, enough to set, tell you that two of my friends uh, were killed in automobile accidents that summer, and it shook me up pretty badly. It shook me up in a lot of different ways. The way I want to talk about this morning uh, that kind of changed how I was thinking is I realized that although I had been learning a lot about Jesus, had been making a lot of internal decisions about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to live, at, at school I was quiet. I was just kind of letting it all go by, and I realized that any opportunity to be a light in the lives of my two friends was gone forever, and it, um, and it shook me up. And I had, um, I had the summer where I made some internal choices and some external choices about how I wanted to honor God with my life. And, um, and I started down a different path. Now, I didn't know it then. I only saw this looking back. 
But I realized that when I made that decision, the one thing that started happening in my life was God started warming my heart towards the church. Um, I, I, I don't know. I guess it makes sense, really, if you think about it. If, if, you, if you pay attention in the scriptures, God's primary way to organize his followers and to make an impact in this world is through the church. That's his desire. And so it shouldn't come as a surprise that when my heart turned towards God and I said, I'll get on your agenda, that I would start to feel inclined to care about this thing that he cares so deeply about. The problem was, I'm a stubborn guy. When, um, when I got married to Tracy, I think I was 22 when we got married, uh, she thought she was marrying a pastor. And I said... I'm not doing that because I know what full-time ministry is about, and I'm not going down that road. And for 11 years, I, I didn't. It was about 10 years. Until I got to a place where I finally said, once again, I'll get on your agenda, God. Whatever you want, I'll follow. And a year later, I was working in a church. And it, again, it didn't surprise me. Because I'm convinced that central to God's ideas of what he wants to accomplish in your life and in our world happens at church. What we're doing here is no small matter. It's not a small thing at all. In fact, I want, I want you to see how the scriptures talk about the church. I discovered, um, having taken the job, that the church um, seemed to be full of a lot of imperfect people, right, that was, which is odd because a lot of churches had somehow communicated that you should expect some level of perfection if you come here, but that was not my experience. In fact, sadly, I, what I have discovered in my time in church is that I'm one of the lead mess-ups. Like, I'm, I'm kind of tired of going and apologizing to people for stuff that I've said or done when I should have known better and did it anyway. Like, why did I make that choice? Why did it come out of my mouth that way? Why did I carry that attitude? Because I'm trying to find a way to honor God with my life, but because I'm not perfect yet, it just keeps, it just keeps messing up. And here's, here's what I discovered the church is not full of a bunch of perfect people. In fact, if you come to Waypoint, here's what you're going to find. You're going to find a bunch of broken people who are being put back together by God, who's growing them, changing them, and asking more out of them all the time. But it's not an easy process, and they're as broken as you are, and we're doing it together. That's the church. That's what we're trying to do. In fact, if you, if you wanted to use one word to describe the church, it wouldn't be perfect. It would be this word, messy. It is messy. There are so many different messes going on in our own lives. And then the people around us, they're all doing that. And God's moving all of that together. Maybe the best way, I, I thought of a picture, and the scriptures actually use it so it gets even easier. There's a picture of what this really looks like, this messy thing that we do. It's family. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
family. Some of the people that you absolutely love, and then some, they're just family. Right? You know what I'm talking about. Well, I, I, I want to have them play a song that kind of paints that picture a little bit, and then we're going to come back and talk about this just a little bit more. That is a picture of what God is trying to do with this church. If you look to your left, you look to your right, you look behind, you look in front of you, it's family. It's your brother and sister, in case you're wondering, is that correct? John chapter 1, verse 12. Yet all who did receive him, talking about Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You're a child of God. Uh, Paul writes about it in Ephesians 2. This is verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. We're members of his household. There are references upon references about how we're adopted, how we're put together, how this is a family. Now, if this is true, it changes some, like, some color for how this is supposed to work. We can start filling in some things. Because like other families, there's some characteristics. Like, for instance, did you choose your family that you were born into? No, you didn't. But do you live with it? Yeah. Why? Because they're family. I, I have, like, everybody has, right? They have, like, one of those uncles. You understand what I'm saying, right? You love them, but you have boundaries with that person because something's not quite right. Um, but yet, because you're committed as family, you would go out of your way to help and serve that person. This is kind of the way it works. You, you, you do this with each other, and we understand these kind of language. You know what's odd? I'm watching. This is kind of a movement among younger people right now. They are choosing to disconnect from their families, and they're, they're calling, this is the family I choose. And they're developing friend groups that they're saying, this is going to be my family from now on. And it is going to be a disaster because one of the benefits you get when you join a family that you don't choose is you learn to hear other opinions. You learn to, you learn to like cooperate with people that don't think like you. They're in your family, but they don't think like you. And you work it out. But these people are going and they're surrounding themselves with people who think the same, talk the same, everything's the same. And you're not going to be better off in life that way. God put us in a family that we didn't choose. If you're here, if you're a part of this family right now, God planted you here for a reason. And he put other people around you that some of them are like the crazy uncle. Like family. Like, I, I'm probably not going to hang out with them all the time, but I'm going to love them, I'm going to serve them, and I'm going to have their back. Why? Because I look at them as family. And all of these messes that you and I have, what does family do a really good job with? We look past that stuff and find a way to love each other. We do that with our families. This is supposed to be the way that it happens here. And unfortunately, this 
this culture, uh, um, cultural idea that the church is somehow full of perfect people has caused all kinds of problems because you walk into church and then you find a bunch of broken people and you wonder, this must be wrong, this can't be right. It is. It's, it's a broken, dysfunctional family that God put together for a purpose and reason. And if you would lean into it and learn to love and care for each other, the message would be in the way we choose to live. It's not perfect. What God is trying to do is to create an us. An us. Where it's not just about what I want and I get and my brokenness gets healed, but I'm with other people and my life could be used in their life too. There's other issues one that's been around for a long time. It was around when I first started in church. I think it's actually accelerating and getting worse right now. I don't know all the reasons for it. I suspect part of it is consumerism, but I don't know. But let me, let me just give you the... Uh, this has been a standard statistic that you could count on in churches for decades. 20% of the people could be counted on for 80% of the activity. 20% of the people did 80% of the serving. 20% of the people did 80% of the giving. 20% of the people did 80% of the engaging in relationships in that community. It was just the way it was. It was the way it, it, was the way it it's always been. But that trend is going in the wrong way right now, and it is decreasing. It is becoming a smaller and smaller fragment of people who are involved in the communities of churches. And I think it's going to have a real um, like breaking effect on what the church can and should be doing in the world if it doesn't change. Now, let me just give you a picture of what this looks like. So if you, if you were in a family of five and you were the person in your family who thought you were doing 80% of the things for that family, how long would it take before you'd call a family meeting and have a come to Jesus moment with everybody? Right? It wouldn't take very long. You'd be like, I'm not doing all the laundry. You're doing your own now. You're going to start doing some dishes. You're going to start, and you, you, like you would dole some stuff out. That's, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I am trying to suggest that the path that we're on, along with other churches all around the country right now, is going to end terribly if it keeps going. If fewer and fewer people decide to be a part of this thing that God's doing, if they decide, I'm just going to consume it, but I'm not going to be a part of it, it's not going to be around for the next generation. Let me be as clear as I can. In order for us to be us, we need you. That's the, way God, that's the way God designed it. In order for us to be who we were meant to be in the world, we need you. We need you to be involved somewhere. I've kind of had this crazy thought. Over the years, I've always kind of wondered, because I've known that stat for a long period of time, I've wondered what it would look like in a church where 50% of the people got involved. 
I was like, oh my word, can you imagine? It would be out of control. There would be, there would be lives changing all over the place. There would be stuff happening in the community. It would be dynamic. I know, I know 50% is lower than what God has in mind, but I'm just saying from 20 to 50, that would be dramatic. It would, it would be crazy. And the question is, am I just daydreaming? Is it, is it a nice idea or thought? And I can understand why you'd be thinking that right now because I, I'm people too. And I, I think I'm going through some of the similar things that you are going through right now. I have never seen an economy like the one we're in right now. I, I don't understand it. Things change quickly. Things are available, aren't available. People are out of work, now working back. I mean, it's nuts. I, uh, my own personal schedule has never been more filled in the last 15 years than it is right now. And I'm talking to all kinds of people who feel the same way. And so you're, you're in the same boat that I am. I imagine what you're trying to do is find time for your family. You still want to have time for your family. You want to be able to do your job well and keep that uh, above board. And you're also trying to find a way to stay mentally healthy yourself. All of that's on, all of that's on the line, and I get it. What's frustrating is that the one place that I think that could give you support, a one place where you could use your gifts and serve to make a difference like no other place, it's the one place that gets put on the back burner instead of everything else. The church gets set to the side often. I'm, I'm not suggesting that you have to be here all the time doing everything. I'm telling you, we can't be us without you. It's not possible. We can't do it. And whether we're, whether we're insane or not, that's, we'll see soon. But in the face of declining like engagement, we've decided to ramp it up. Like during COVID, we opened a second daycare location. I mean, what were we thinking? I don't know. It was a good idea. It was just a good idea because it serves a whole bunch of people who have a need and we're, we're reaching into people's lives. And, and that daycare ministry right now is full and it, we're suffering from the same things that you are. If we could hire two more people right now, we could take 17 kids off our wait list and we have far more than that waiting right now. But we can't find the help. And so that kind of stuff is just part of our story. But we're out there. We're out there stretching ourselves and going further. We, we have a dynamic children's ministry that's going on. And if, and if you follow any of the surveys, if you read any of this stuff, you'll understand that that is one of the most important ministries that the church has. The, if you can communicate to a young person early how much Jesus loves them and how much they matter, it shapes their life. And that stuff is going on in our, inside our building. Like we have... Um, we have a dynamic youth ministry. We have over 100 kids who are coming to that right now. Um, some, of them, some of them don't go to church anywhere. So, yeah, we've had a few fights last year. But hey, at least they're at our church and not somewhere else. And we've had a chance to be involved in their lives and walk with them down that path. It's dynamic stuff. And if you, if you wanted to find a place to serve that matters... You should go and talk to the leaders and find out what that, that group is dealing with a level of stress 
that is coming out of their lives in really difficult ways. They need love and support. They need people showing up who matter and who care about them. We, we started a young adult ministry. Um, we, added fi- like we added a staffing position to do something like that. I mean, we're in the middle of things like, like, why does this make sense? Because we believe that God is not finished with us. Us. As a group. And so we're out there choosing to make some steps that are bold and risky because we think our days of ministry, the best days, are ahead of us. And none of that will be true if you aren't part of it. God placed you in this family for a reason. He gave you gifts that our community needs from you. I don't know where you'll use them. I don't know how you'll use them. I don't know when you'll use them. But if you've come with a consumer mindset and it's just about what you can do for me, you are missing out on what God had in mind for his church, us. And he cared so much about us that he shed his blood for it. It's that big of a deal. And we cannot do us without you. So here's what, I, here's what I'd like you to do. I'm, I'm not big on high pressure. If you haven't figured that out, we, we don't take up an offering. And uh, more often than not, I've had people come and say, I'd like to give. Are you going to tell us how to do that or not? And I'll be like, well, you just wander around the building until you find a box you should drop it in. I guess that's, that's as good as it gets. Um, so, so we don't do that, and I don't want this to be high pressure, but I want you to start thinking about what God has placed in your heart because I believe that there's a group of people here who care about God. And I'm, I'm convinced if you went to God and said, I really care about your agenda, one of the things he will do in your heart is turn you toward the church, the work that he intended to do with us So after the service, there's a whole bunch of ministries out that door. And I just would love for you to go and just ask them about their ministry. Let them talk to you about the passion they have for what they're doing. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to sign on a dotted line with blood or anything like that. Just hear the stories of what's going on in women's ministry, in men's ministry, in our our adult, uh, young adult ministry. Find out what's going on in the youth group. In a children's ministry, just hear what's going on and then let God stir you. We've got groups where people are meeting and maybe that's your thing, where you want to be involved in people's lives, having conversations that matter. I don't know what it is, but I know if God is pressing us to take some risks and to move, he would not do that if he wouldn't call you to be a part of that because you're an important part of who we are. And we can't be us without you. So I hope you'll give it some thought. I hope you'll open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. You'll just go and talk with some people and you'll let some direction come to you. We're, we're not done. We're, we're going to charge forward. And I'm hoping that our community can go against the statistics statistics, hmm, 
and change this like 20% thing into something where we have something dynamic happening because we have a passion for what God's doing here. Can I pray with you real quick? God, I'm so grateful that you loved us. You loved us enough to send your son who rescued us. But clearly, part of your plan was to not simply rescue individuals. It was to start a movement of people. A movement where people would get on board and not be as concerned about their expectations, not be as concerned about what they wanted, but be more concerned about what you were doing and what you wanted. And because of that, we would become a group that would be unstoppable with different gifts, different passions, but all following you. God, we have that opportunity. And I ask that you would wake hearts and stir them. That we would not be an organization of spectators who are simply consuming, but that we would be a movement of people that was on board the change that you want to bring about in the world through us. God, we ask for your strength and power to be the church you mean for us to be. We need you. Lead us. Move us. Change us. In Jesus' name, amen.